Hello viewers and listeners, it's Paul from 118, another movie review tonight. Tonight we're re reviewing Caligula, 1979 movie, and it's absolutely mental. If you've seen this film, it's, it's unbelievable, it is incredible. So with me tonight is Samir. Hi mate, how you doing? I'm alright, yeah, G'd out for the... Um, the soft porn version of Caligula. <laughs> absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. It's quite incredible, this movie. Sure. Yes, we're, we're following on. We're sort of a bit of a theme at the moment, aren't we? We, um, yeah. we started off with... Um, Clockwork oh, Orange. No, that was last week, wasn't it? A Clockwork Orange. No, we started off with Straw Dogs. Straw Dogs, yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, sorry, yeah. So we started... Sort of this theme of 1970s controversial movies. It started off with Straw Dogs, and we got a bit of a taste for it. So then we um, we went with the Clockwork Orange last week. Now we're talking about Caligula, following on this controversial 70s movies, pushing boundaries. And there's plenty of pushing in this <laughs> movie. In every, every sense of the word. The... The the edits the the cuts that we saw in this are um, yeah it's, this is nearly three hours long Caligula when it should have only really been about an hour and forty minutes but some dirty perv decided to <laughs> <laughs> so the producer has got like the mind of a sort of fifteen year old yeah sort of fifteen sixteen year old teenager yeah. just like oh this is my chance. This is my chance to make the movie I've always wanted to make, and uh, shoved a load of porn into it. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah, I don't know what to say. It's, it's difficult. Rude. Yeah, it, it's so difficult to watch as well. Yes, it starts off like sort of fairly. It was always supposed to be an erotic drama. It's always billed as that, and all the actors, yeah. all the all the main household names that we know today, knew that going in, and that's a great tangent. That is a great segue, I should say, for introducing the cast. So, yeah. let me just share the IMDb tab. Add to stream. Here we go. Okay, so. A dramatization of the ascent to Caesar and subsequent reign of Caligula, one of the most notorious leaders of ancient Rome. We see his ambition, his scheming, his perversion and decadence, his brutality and his lunacy. Directed by Tinto Brass. The perfect. And... Yeah. <laughs> 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 but Tinto, yeah, I don't know if he was a perv, but he... Um... <laughs> he... He had, well, we should probably mention that he actually disavowed this film. He said yeah, to it, he said to the uh, producer, "Get my name off of that film. What you've done to it is just heresy." But he did have a reputation, Tinto Brass, of um, specialising in sort of erotic movies. Yes. And believe it or not, he was actually offered to direct a Clockwork Orange. Really. Wow. Yeah, he, he had to turn it down due to conflicts, uh, scheduling conflicts. Otherwise, wow. he could have potentially have directed a Clockwork Orange. It would have been called a Clockwork Orange, not Clockwork. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just full of minge. 
yeah, and, um, yeah come shots and stuff yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just wanted to say about uh there's one person who was a philosopher sort of a philosopher the writer uh gore vidal he was uh, a yeah. philosopher in the 70s 60s and 70s quite a famous person well um, gore vidal wrote the original screenplay yeah, yeah. um he was american writer he was a public yeah. intellectual yes um Vidal was bisexual and in his novels and essays interrogated the social and cultural sexual norms he perceived as driving American life. So he was fairly controversial in his day as well. Yes. Um, tried to get into office twice in the Democratic Party. Well, there's his first mistake. Um, <laughs> grandson of a US senator, Vidal was born into upper class political family as a political commentator and essayist. Imagine that as a job. What do you do? Yeah. I'm an essayist. Oh, right. Okay. So you just write stuff. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So Gore Vidal wrote the original screenplay. So you're right to bring that up. Um, Malcolm McDowell apparently added additional dialogue. I think he ad-libbed an awful lot of stuff and um, kind of put his own, you know, put his own two pennants worth in. Yeah. Um, so Malcolm McDowell, obviously from A Clockwork Orange, fame, and played Caligula. Yes. Peter O'Toole made an appearance in this at the very beginning of the film. He played Tiberius, the Emperor and, Tiberius. And the fame from Lawrence of Arabia. He was famous for, uh, from that movie. Yeah. I mean, he's been a lot of Peter O'Toole, hasn't he? Yeah, he has, yeah. Yeah. How amazing. Uh, he <clears throat> Helen Mirren. Yes. Cassonia. Which is uh, Caligula's wife in this film. But um, I've got something about a theory about Helen Mirren. I think she's a bit of a sex addict or something. As well. <laughs> she's in quite, because she's in quite a few of these sort of movies as well. I don't know. She I've seen loads of naked men and sort of getting off with it, off with uh, off by seeing that or whatever. But she's in Excalibur, isn't she? Not and me. a few other movies as well. Uh, oh, well, what's in Excalibur? I've not seen that. Is it Excalibur? King of oh, the yeah, Moon? She... Yeah, yeah 1981 well, Excalibur. I've got the movie. I've never seen it. But what, what's she doing in that? Is she sort of getting her tits getting, out and sucking? Yeah, everything. She's getting stuff like that and doing that, getting shagged and all that stuff. Really? So there's something... Yeah, yeah. So next week's review is Excalibur. Okay, fine. <laughs> 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 I'm not going to argue with it. I'm here just to review nothing more. <laughs> well, we're on a, we're on a thread. We're on a we're on a theme here. Yeah. So um, might as well carry on. Um, well, it was the late seventies, early eighties, I suppose. You know, you've yeah. got to do something to to get your name out there. So yeah. get your jugs out. Why not? Yeah. I don't think it would work in the modern day, I think. No, it wouldn't. I mean, you think about it now, right? You can go... We could go on all sorts of different websites. You can even look at Instagram, and there's women that are so close yeah. to being nude on there. Yeah. And so you can get all of that just so easily now. Whereas if you think the late 70s and the early 80s, you had to go and search for it. We, we've discussed this in a previous movie. Right? Yeah, we have. <laughs> If you wanted pornography, you had to go looking for it, you had to go hunting for it. Whereas now, it's just everywhere. That's so, what most, uh, young teenage boys did go into the woods and find a sickle. 
Yeah, black sack bag of with porn. sack of porn. Yeah, yep. uh, poor mag stuffed into hedgerows. Still yeah. don't understand why that was a thing. Yeah, oh, but God. now, now innocence is gone. The world has changed. Yeah, it is now. It's just gash everywhere. Yeah, gash on tap. Um, <laughs> uh, it was, might as well uh, mention Teresa Ann Savoy, who played Drusilla. She was um, yeah. Caligula's sister, and Guido Minari, who played Macro, who was quite um, quite influential in the first sort of, 10 15 minutes of this film, yeah, until he was um, given yeah. a chop. Um, John Gilud, Gilgood, Gilgood. Feel good, yeah. Nerva, yeah. he he struck me as having quite um quite a bit of talent, but he didn't hang around for long, did he? No, uh, he's one of the top three legends with Louvier and uh, who was the other one? Um, Olivier Richard Burton himself, and there was another actor. Um, I forgot the name of the other actor, but anyway, they're the sort of uh, Shakespeare stage actors who were like legends around the world having you know that language that was popular you know in those days on stage you know and stuff like that so he was quite yeah so it's a little, very sort of um typical kind of royal theater type of trained actor yes that's right and i think if i've got this correct about him i think he was controversial in those days because he was homosexual as well um as you know, in those days, it wasn't legal to be nope. gay. Uh, well, actually, no. When did the laws change in this country for being... Well, I mean, for the time of the movie, it was legal because it was 1967 when the laws changed. But when it he was... goes, doesn't it, now? Yeah. If you just shove it wherever you like now. Exactly. Uh... <laughs> 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 Whatever you say, mate. <laughs> yeah, but, you know... In the 40s and 50s, when he was at his peak, when he was a younger guy, I think that did affect his um, quite a bit of his um, career. But then again, quite a lot of them were basically homosexual in that industry at the time, but they couldn't basically say in that. Couldn't sort. admit it. No. 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 Not like Hi today. Guys. Hi, guys. <laughs> no. Lower the tone of the voice. Yeah, anyway. so you're here to uh, speak in a proper, you know, the posh voice, you know, yes. to be or not to be or whatever it, it can't was. Can't be that camp queen. You've got to be butch. Yeah. Talk a bit of bass in your voice. Yeah, that's what it was, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that's why yeah. he was very talented. That's why he spotted it straight away. He was a very talented actor. Every movie he's yeah. been brilliant. He had a bit of gravitas about him when he was on camera. You thought, oh, okay. And then he just... Killed himself, just slashed open his wrists and sat in a warm bath. That reminded me of the Godfather, really. Godfather movies. Yeah, well, that's what that was the honourable thing back in those days of Roman senators and that they would just lie yeah. in a warm bath and slash open their wrists if they were dishonoured in any way. That was the, yeah. that was the, the thing to do to sort of redeem themselves and sort of just get out. You know, so yeah. right, I've had enough. I'm off. See you later. And it was also a way where if you had betrayed the uh, Caesar or the emperor, they would come up to you and say, by the way, if you're one of those senators, by the way, you've betrayed the um, uh, the emperor, you've got a choice. You do that, slit your wrist and die in the in, in your bath and would we'll <laughs> let everything... And it was true, it's a fact. And uh, 
basically uh, we'll let everything go. We'll look after your family, make sure you, all the estates are kept by your family, etc. If you don't do that, then we'll also slaughter them. So you didn't really have a choice except say, no. okay, mate, see you later. I'm just having a warm uh, bath. See you next in a few years' time when you join me. Yeah. But he made it quite. It made it look quite a peaceful way to go, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yeah, it looked um, almost almost pleasurable, lying in yeah. that sort of warm bath and just sort of just gradually going to sleep. Yeah, until fucking Caligula's in his ear. What does it feel like? Can you see Isis? It's how pissed off me. I'm trying to fucking die. You just leave me alone. And then he kills him. Nice, nice. Yeah, <laughs> nice yeah. fellow, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It felt like he was going to just die there, sit there, and then suddenly he was going to get a cigar and start smoking a cigar, <laughs> get a glass of champagne before he dies. Well, it's not the fastest way to die, is it? Bleeding out no. in a hot bath. So you probably no. could. You probably could just have a time for a, maybe a small, a mini, you know, mini cigar and shot or something. And it, right, that's it. Yeah, I don't think I'll try it and tell you later on. I think, oh, no, I'll, I'll miss that, mate. I'll give it a pass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get up the Rotten Tomatoes um, page <laughs> because <laughs> this is hilarious. No, but you made me laugh. I'm going to get it up. Get it up. I'm get it up. I'm get, get it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> surprisingly this has a better the audience prefers it over the critics i mean that's the audience are perverts aren't they basically no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you want a turn on turn off caligula stay home and read robert graves i claudius it's much sexier such established names as john gilgood gilgood and peter o'toole will have to be seen to be believed Anyway, Caligula is sickening, utterly worthless, shameful trash. If it is not the worst film we've ever seen that makes it all the more shameful, people with talent allowed themselves to participate in this travesty. So not good on Rotten Tomatoes. No. Not a great not a great review. No. Um, and you have to agree with, with some of them. It is a very difficult watch. I am interested, actually, if we'd watched the original theatrical cut of this yes. had it been any different if you get rid of all the sort of the childish teenage sort of themed pornography out of it yeah. I wonder what it would have been like I think it would still have been shit because I think mm -hmm. the acting was okay but the sets looked awful yeah it was very low budget sets and you, did, you didn't really get a great feel of sort of the geography of the place there's only one yeah particular scene where it's out of the sort of palatial complex and that's where Caligula goes on a bit of a bender because his yeah. sister's died and then just fucks off into the city of Rome and gets lost in places but other than that there's no there's no feeling of scale it's, it, it no. feels like it's all all filmed in one room yes even the palace looks like it's like one bedroom and that's it uh, and that's it. That is the center. Everything else is just open space. And Rome really was the, uh, that one street where you see him going out. Yeah. But in the, 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 the not it wasn't funny. But every scene after the beginning, um, where the first, you know, that was that serious act and stuff like that, was about just sex. 
Everything was just about orgies. Yes, there is historically they have uh, got uh, stories that that Roman part uh, dinner parties were like there as well. Hmm. But I think you, you just show it once. You may show it twice. But when it's when um, Peter O'Toole was uh, showing Malcolm around his sex show, yeah, and you started seeing blokes tossing themselves off and women giving blow jobs and stuff like that you got right okay <laughs> am i watching a mainstream movie here or am i actually watching porn and it, it actually i'm quite surprised that they could even concentrate with their acting because if someone's getting what you know Playing with himself, or someone's making sexual noises like a woman in the background, or getting shagged. I mean, that would really put me off my lights. I'd be going, yeah. "No, guys, sorry, but this is just—it's not working." Well, I've got a yeah. There's a little story here that Malcolm McDowell. Uh, it's an old article from theguardian.com, and um, he talks about Peter O'Toole. Yeah, and. Um, it's, uh, let me read here. So, in fact, his very first words to John Gilgood on the set were, this is Peter O'Toole to John Gilgood. Very first words on the set were, Hello, Johnny. What is a knight of the realm doing in a porno movie? We all had a good laugh about that. <laughs> um, so here's um, Malcolm McDowell uh, remembering something from this film. I do recall one particular night shoot. We were called to the set at four o'clock in the afternoon. As usual, nothing was ready. They built a set of Tiberius's grotto on three acres and were assembling all of the extras and background. The producers worriedly asked if I would go into Peter's trailer, he was playing Tiberius, and go through the lines with him, which we did a few times. And then he told me the most remarkable story, whether it's true or not, I have no idea, about his grave-robbing Etruscan tombs. He said the best way to find... I think I'm mispronouncing that. Etruscan jewellery and artefacts was to find the drains in the tombs and very gingerly sift through them with your fingers because as the bodies decompose, all of the artefacts deposit themselves into the channels. The thought of Peter O'Toole on his hands and knees in the Etruscan catagum makes for a lovely image. We spent hours in his trailer. He was smoking. It certainly wasn't tobacco. By the time we got onto the set, 12 hours had passed. We couldn't believe our eyes. The set was covered with people engaging in every sexual perversion in the book. We were totally bemused. Peter would start off his speech. Rome was built but a city. As Rome was but a city. Then pause, look around and say to me, are they doing the Irish jig over there? I look over there. And there were two dwarves and an amputee dancing around some girls splayed out on a giant dildo. This went on quite a few times. So... <laughs> It gives you an idea. <laughs> Absolutely mental. So, I mean, when we were talking before the live stream, you were, you were, you said something about the actors and yeah. you know, why why were they involved in it or they should be ashamed or embarrassed or whatever. Um, they knew that going into this, this was going to be a, a soft core sort of erotic dramatisation. Oh. They knew that there was going to be some level of stuff so in it. So... Yeah, I think but, but, Paul. But uh, in modern movies, right? I mean, someone sucking someone's tits or something like that, and simulation of uh, humping someone's fine. But 
you were actually seeing people coming and uh, uh, giving blowjobs and sort of eating and not cheating and stuff like that and uh, giving golden showers that is actual hardcore porn golden showers on a dead person as well as, exactly when his knob has been chopped off yeah that was hot. i lost interest about that part when it was um yeah. what was his name um proctus oh let's have a look where is it um, yeah um fuck i've got it in my notes whatever his name was anyway i felt sorry for him and especially on his wedding day what a oh god oh, yeah. that scene was that, horrendous it was jesus yeah. i'm not inviting that fellow to my wedding i'm telling you right now yeah it's about hour and 45 minutes in um yeah proculus yeah that's it yeah, so Proculus had been completely humiliated on his wedding day yes, by Caligula turning up, asking if his wife was a virgin, and then forcing himself on her and actually discovering that she was a virgin. And you actually see evidence of that as well, which is quite grim. Yeah. Um, and then asks Proculus if he was a virgin and then gets him to kneel on the... Yeah, and then sticks his fist up. Oh, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, basically raped her, didn't he? Yeah, both of them. Yeah, yeah. Both, raped both of them. And I thought, you know, a good king would or emperor would go and give a gift. And I thought there was oh. going to be a gift, right? But when one day that was his gift, <laughs> when I found out that when I realised that was his gift, I couldn't see. I'll be honest, I couldn't watch that scene. But she was a sweet looking girl as well. She's quite attractive, the uh, the the wife, and um, yeah, it's horrible. It's really <laughs> horrible. Well, um, so we've got somebody in the comments, a guy called Vincent, who's asking us um, what we're talking about. Um, I don't wish to be rude, Vincent, but the title of this video is a uh, Caligula 1979 movie review. So that's what we're talking about. How old are um, you, Vincent, before you watch it? That's all I want to ask. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if you've not seen Caligula, the 1979 movie, then um, it's an interesting watch. Put it that way. So that's what we're talking about. Um, but So a lot of these sort of stories that are having in this film are based on that book by um, that... Riddell Sassoon. Uh, uh, Suetonius Tranquillius, the, uh, okay. the Lives of the Twelve Caesars, that Roman historian that I mentioned. Yeah. So, you know, whether Vincent says he's 22. So there you go. A young, impressionable mind. Go and watch Caligula, 1979. Don't watch this review. Go and get hold of the movie and watch that. <laughs> and then come back and watch this afterwards. And you understand why we're laughing yeah, at everything. completely <laughs> understand what we're talking about and what how absolutely fucking mental this film is. Um, but isn't so, it true yeah. that uh, you know the bird was it the crow or something the, the bird. Uh, black bird oh. black bird no the birds in this film yeah but no oh, what you mean the bird that kept flying into his bedroom yeah wasn't that was a true sort of uh, symbol uh, I'm not sure if it was Roman symbol where it was bad luck I'm not sure uh, because that. he was shitting himself every time it came in, but I don't know if it was yeah, just yeah. because they did it for the movie or it was actually true. I'm not sure about that. I don't. I have absolutely no idea if it's got any symbolism involved. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, could be. 
Okay, because uh, I don't know something similar like that. I don't know if it's a hist- uh, historic thing in those days, two thousand plus years ago. But Alexander the Great, once he conquered India, basically there was a bird. It goes if it goes right or left or whatever way, I'll I'll stop conquering. I'll go back back to Macedonia slash Greece, and it did turn the other way where he, <clears throat> he had to go back and he cried. So I don't know if a bird generally has any symbol in those historic contents or, you know, from Rome to Greece to Rome or whatever. Because I don't know, it, quite a lot of important decisions were made where I've read in uh, some historic books and stuff like that. Well, just looking at it briefly, uh, symbolism of the crow, um, they are said to be a symbol of bad luck and were the god's messengers in the mortal <clears throat> world. According to the mythical narration, Apollo sent a white raven or crow in some versions to spy on his lover, Coronis. So that's, I think that's Greek mythology. So, but then the Romans, all their gods, they stole from the Greeks anyway. So yeah. it would make sense that it kind of carried over into their world. So yeah. perhaps that was a symbolism. It was just bad luck. And the funny thing was, uh, he thought he was going to get killed because the first time by his uncle or granddad. And then the same thing happened when they did actually get him and his wife did actually get killed the day before the blackbird or the crow actually was flying around on top of his bed, basically. So, yeah. Hmm. Yes. Um... You know what made me... <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to... I just remember something. You know Go what on. made me laugh? Like... <laughs> When uh, him, he, him, his sister and his wife were having sex, and those two ladies were spying in the hall, uh, that through that face, uh, like Versace face, I call it. <laughs> yeah. I think it was a Medusa head. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But now I know where Versace got all those patterns from because it was so similar to that uh, as well. Yeah. Well, yeah, he was in Renault Rhyme, the actual brand was, I think. But anyway, them two just look at that, and then they start having uh, lesbian sex. And that just yeah. cracked me up. I mean, you just lose the plot of the story. No. You just all I mean, you do. Is go, yeah. Yeah. Why not? Let, let, you know, we are free, free this afternoon. Might as well. Might as yeah, well enjoy yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's uh, that. That is that is one of the scenes that um, who was the producer of this film? I forgot now. Um, Some bloody pervert. He, he owned Penthouse at the time. Yes, he, I think he's the guy who started uh, Penthouse. Bob Giacconi, or yeah. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, G-U-C-C-I-O-N-E, Giacconi. He, yeah, he, he owned Penthouse at the time. Um, he was the producer of this film. So uh, he founded the adult magazine Penthouse in 1965. Yeah. This was aimed at competing with Hugh Hefner's Playboy with more escape. explicit content, erotic content. Right, okay, so Penthouse. He owned Penthouse, not Playboy. Yeah. Okay, so this was a case of those scenes that we see in this film. So you've got a bit of story, and then it stops, and it goes into hardcore sex where someone's getting done in some way or another by an amputee <laughs> or a dwarf or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still um, thinking about did he three faces or something like that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was utterly bizarre as well. Yeah, um, so another scene I've to tell you in a bit. Yeah, anyway, all, all, all those bits were just cut in in post production. 
<laughs> because Paul this Giacconi wanted, just wanted porn in it. Yeah. So he never made he, me. <laughs> you know that scene where he was selling all the senators' wives, wives yeah, for and that midget with a mask goes in. I think it was a senator. And this lady just push, grabs him, pushes him down, and gets up, giving him a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> you think, okay, fair enough, mate. Enjoy yourself. So, you know, it's really hard to talk about this movie without trying to get into sort of like a history lesson. Yeah. Because, because apparently, apparently Caligula did run a brothel in the yeah, palatial, in somewhere in the in the palatial palace. Yeah. So he was running a brothel and he, he charged high prices for senators and stuff to go there. It was like a men's club. Yeah, and then it would use was, it for was Caesar. That's a funny thing. You was like, your Caesar should be keeping the law, not breaking the law. <laughs> well, I don't think there was a law against it then. No, it wasn't. But, I don't um, think. That's you know great. What? I was also worried about uh, the safety of the horse. It seems that we've got uh, we've got a bunch of different people in the stream. It was sort of you know um, making comments about this. So it seems that we've we've struck a nerve here with Caligula. So Thomas says, uh, new edit was just announced, has all the porn cut out and all the narrative scenes no one has ever seen before, put out in the first time ever. I did read that yesterday after watching this film. Um, I didn't realise it had been released yet, Thomas. I thought that that was coming. I didn't realise it had been released. It was coming, was it? (laughs) It was coming, yeah. All over the place. um, No, I'd be interested to see that, actually, because it might actually make a bit more... Yeah, well, it might actually be a bit of a better film, yeah, make a bit more sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, cheers for the comment. But then again, you I don't think it'll be three hours long. That's another thing because half of the movie is basically uh sex. Yeah, uh, Thomas just said yeah, it has not been released. It's uh Thomas, yeah, you know that okay, Thomas. I thought uh, my colleague here decided to just have this uh, porn version pass it over to me to review <laughs> because uh, the version would be too mild. Wow. Well, there was there was a bit of that. I mean, I've seen this film before. I've seen this film maybe twice. No. Yeah, maybe twice before, right? Okay. One, I actually bought it on Blu-ray because I heard it was a controversial film and I had absolutely no idea what to expect. So I bought it on Blu-ray years ago. And then I watched it again, sort of maybe within the last five years, just to see if it actually made any sense the second time around. Um, okay. Not particularly, no. And then this what about time this round, time? this time round, yesterday, I just knew going into it um, that I could imagine you watching it and you <laughs> you being on the on the brink of being turned on and embarrassed, and that made me laugh. Oh, cheers, I thought, mate. I thought, yeah. <laughs> No, uh, uh, well, obviously, oh, I didn't. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, this is interesting. Thomas has said it's three hours in length, followed up by "I'm the producer of it." Huh. Uh, not one frame of it has ever been seen before. That's how much was left on the cutting room floor. God help you! It's so terrible. You're a bad friend for making your body. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Thomas, so well, this is really this interesting. <laughs> this is really interesting, Thomas. So, how how do you 
let us know how do you produce something like that i mean do you have to buy rights to it from someone or what how does that work i'm intrigued we'll see if um we'll see if thomas gets back back to that us that was really interesting uh comment there i produced it wow yeah Thanks, i'm thomas. the producer so, of it so yeah so wow we'll see what happens uh, yeah well i have to say one thing thomas um It was. It wasn't. It wasn't embarrassing. I don't watch it obviously <laughs> in front of the family, so it wasn't embarrassing. And I'll be honest with you. I mean, they might have enjoyed it. it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, this, is, this is what films used to be like in the in the seventies. This is the yeah. real shit. This yeah. Is... <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I love the seventies movies, as you know. Yeah, this was when you know, man, were man, and all that shit. But yeah, I think. I've got to a point in my life where it was just another movie, someone having a bit of a play around and, you know, it's just, it's one of those, but it just cracked me up. Every scene, mate, it was like, it's the story just wouldn't carry on. So I'd expect one scene where he's conquered so-called Britain, or Britannia, where then they would show something else about his conquer, uh, what he had conquered and what he had achieved, all those bullshit. But you straight went onto the uh, banquet where everyone's eating and then just having sex on the table. Then he punishes three or four people. And then there's more scenes where people are plotting to kill someone and have sex. That's it. That's what made me laugh about this movie a lot. Yeah. But again, I suppose it's very difficult to, to write and perform a, a film about the life of an, a Roman emperor that... All of these things that supposedly happen are just wrote by Roman historians that were like 100 to 150 years after the actual events. Yeah. So all of it's kind of hearsay. And as I said, this this uh, Suetonius Tranquillius, the, the twelve lives of the the lives of the twelve Caesars, the book that he wrote. These are all these little snippets out of the book, all the worst possible stuff that Caligula yeah. supposedly did, or or Gaius supposedly did. So you've got this kind of story that's loosely threaded together just by the supposed worst bits of history, which is yeah. why it didn't really follow any particular theme. You know, no. Caligula was in power for just under four years. And he did so much damage in that four years, apparently. Well, as I said to you, right, is the public, the, the general Roman public, supposedly loved him. Because yep. he was so generous and he brought games back on a large scale because Tiberius didn't particularly like the games. So he just gave all this back to the public. So they all thought he was fucking brilliant. And, um, of course, he conquered England as well. Yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. Uh, yeah, just went... That was apparently he just went and gathered up seashells. Yep. He landed in England, on the beach in England, the full military campaign, all lined up, ready to attack. And then they just said gather up sh shells so they just took off their helmets and gathered up seashells and they fucked off back to rome and so there you didn't go julius, didn't julius caesar actually do it no 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 that was julius caesar was the first emperor of rome wasn't he so by yeah, then yeah. they were just they were just pushing into gaul and um germania i think at that point they weren't they ain't got to us yet so us over here in england there's some facts i found out julius caesar wasn't the first emperor that was Augustus Caesar. 
was the first one. Julius Caesar was the first Caesar, but not the first emperor, or something like that. That's what I've heard. I mean, I've got my uh, well, Caesar and emperor are interchangeable. They mean the same yeah, thing. Same, yeah, but this is what they—that's the, what they were saying. But I don't know, or I've read somewhere they weren't saying, but I've read somewhere. But you're probably right. It is the same thing, isn't it? Really, Caesar is. Emperor. Yeah, they are interchangeable. They are the same yeah. thing. Um, <clears throat> I was going to say something else. Yeah, I mean, I didn't like. Yeah, that it was like Saturday entertainment. Like you and I would be watching a movie, for example, or doing something like playing board games, or you know, whatever. I'm just giving an example. We don't really play board games. We're not that boring. Go down, go go down to the pub, have a pint, and talk to your friends about different topics. But there, they just sit on that thing, on the above the stairs, seeing that chopping machine while people's heads oh, were in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Yeah, that's I don't nice. know where that. I don't know where that came from. I don't know. That was just embellishment, I think, by the the, the people, you know, making the movie. But that was a bizarre scene. Yeah, it was. Yeah. bizarre. They just buried people up to their neck in loose dirt. And that big, yeah, that was weird. Throwing apples at them. Yeah, yeah it was. Potato, yeah. All sorts of other vegetables and stuff, yeah. yeah. It's um also... The end of Marcos in that the the head of the Praetorian Guard. No. It's quite wise to get rid of him actually, right at the very beginning of the film. Yes. Um, Dr Drusilla whispering in his ear, "You should get rid of Marcos. You need to sort that out quick." Because. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I was getting a little bit confused. Yeah. Yeah. Go carry on, mate. Sorry. Yeah, he was he was the guy right at the very beginning of the film that yeah. was kind of just walking around with him and sort of declaring his loyalty by putting his hand in the fire and stuff. Before he, oh yeah, just after he snogged him, yeah. That's it, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, so Marcos was a prefect of the Praetorian Guard at that point. And, um, well, if you know anything about Rome, you know that the Praetorian Guard pretty much ran Rome. They yep. got rid of so many different emperors and installed so many different emperors. And, of course, it was benefit, mutually beneficial for them as well because Praetorian Guard knew they needed an emperor because there's no way the general public would have put up with a sort of military dictatorship, I suppose. So the Praetorian Guard knew they needed an emperor, but they just needed one that they could control. Yeah. And obviously Caligula at this point, Gaius, whatever you want to call him, was just going absolutely fucking mental, supposedly just going nuts with the, the level of cruelty and the perversion and, I mean, he was sleeping with various different um, senators' wives and um, fairly other high-up sort of ranking nobles in, in Roman society. Yeah. Apparently, there'd be dinner parties like we see in this film, and the women would be paraded in front of him, and he would just examine them and look over them, and then during the meal would just disappear off with one of them and then come back and make it fully well-known to the entire, entire crowd what had happened, and then actually engage in conversation with the woman's husband about, you know, how good or bad she was. No. So... I couldn't get away with that these days, if you're a prime minister or, or MP, I'm telling you. Well, we think about it, and that's the other, the other amazing thing, is that Caligula was handed the keys to the entire known world at that point. Yes. He, so if you went back to that point in time... Rome was pretty much the world. The world. Yeah. And he was just the emperor of it. At the age of 24, when he was made emperor. 
Yeah. I mean, at 24, <clears throat> let's be honest, most people at 24, most of us are pricks. Don't really think we know everything, but don't really know shit. No. So you can imagine putting a 24-year-old in there. There you go, mate. Unlimited Do what you power. want. Do what you want. Yeah. Yeah. It's madness. You can have anyone you want, any woman you want. You can kill anyone you want. Uh, simply, it's your your word. That's it. Uh, it's like where another guy goes, I'll give my life if the um, emperor is saved. And he executes him. You go and execute him. Which one's Who's this? You know, when he was ill, when he had the fever, and one of the yeah. guys said, oh, oh, to save the emperor's life, uh, I'll give my life to the gods. And he suddenly gets out of bed, goes, oh, the fever's feeling better, and I go and execute this guy. He only said it for the saying of it. He wasn't really saying, I want to get, give my life. He was just going to probably sacrifice some bulls afterwards or something like that. Because that's what they did quite often. They'll say something, and then they'll slaughter 10 bulls or pigs or whatever the case may be. So that would be their sacrifice rather than killing themselves. Yeah, I think at that point it was more sort of animal sacrifice rather than human sacrifice. Yeah, but he, but, but then he hears this and he goes, oh, "Okay, fine, you, you did that, you said that, so go on, go and execute this guy, go on." Yeah, and that's that's the depravity of it, isn't it? It's yeah. just because he's the emperor and can do and say what he wants, and people have to have to do it. Well, where yeah. was he going to run to? That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, right true. At the beginning. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, Thomas has come back actually. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that, Thomas. I, I need to play with the Streamlabs settings and stuff. Um, it's a bit too strict, I think. Um, but yeah, we've got a few people in the chat. Um, but yeah, I need to. That's my fault. That I need to f if fill about with those um chat settings. But yeah, we'd be interested to know how that all works, mate. If you let us know. Um. How how you can get the rights to produce a movie like that, or yeah, I'm fascinated by that. You know, because myself and uh, Paul are really interested in actually shooting a movie. Yeah, like I want to. I want to <laughs> make. I want to make my own. Um, I want to make my own um, version of Caligula. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a rough one for language blocking. Yeah, sorry about that. But as we were saying, it's um, all oh, right. Okay. So the rights holders approached me. They own Penthouse now. Okay. Wow. Okay. This is getting deeper, Thomas. What's going on? This, this are, are you from my late Thomas? This uh, this stream's going to be about you now, Thomas. Quite clearly. <laughs> How does this work? Right, so, I mean, are you somebody that we? Are you a name that we should know of? That'd be interesting. But anyway, yeah. So. The boat scene. The boat scene where you were saying about um, where the senator's wives are being sold off for five pieces of gold. Yes. Yeah. That... And the midget. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. A um, little person. Sorry, I'm not allowed to say that. My apologies. Yeah. But um, that, that I think, is where that whole theory, because those boats were on a lake that... There was, I can't remember the bloody, I think they're called the Boats of Diem, or Boats of, it begins with a D. Um, boats of Pleasure? There's, it, it's, there's a lake somewhere near Rome, it begins with a D, and I think, and that's, it's like a, kind of like a, a holiday resort, and 
Caligula supposedly liked going there. So he had these pleasure boats set up that would just be on the lake. They wouldn't do anything or go anywhere. They'd just be on the lake. And I think that's where that whole um, reenactment of battle scenes, you know, in the in the um, Colosseum comes from, flooding the Colosseum and doing naval battles, reenactments and stuff. I think it's kind of linked to that. Okay. I, so there weren't really battles. There were basically orgies, but they they just pretended there were battles and then did that in the uh, actual Colosseum, saying we won this and won that, but really they were just having fun in the boat. Hmm. And there was over 90 hours of raw footage, so the task was to make the movie as the cast believed they were making. Hmm. So, Thomas, is that movie really good, or would you say it's better to watch this version well, which we'll find out, but I think I think I think my Streamlab settings have triggered again, and um, I've put him in a timeout so he can't respond. It's a bit too late for me to go and play with all the chat settings right now as we're live, which is a bit of a shame. Um, but I guess we'll just have to wait until he's back. But uh, we are still talking about yeah, Vincent. We are still talking about the same movie. Um, you obviously this is the first live stream you've watched of ours. Um, we do pick a particular movie, and then we just talk maybe roughly an hour about that movie and particular scenes, what we liked, what we disliked, that type of thing. At the end, we will give a rating out of ten for it as well. But we liked in controversial things as un and unusual movies as well, as you can tell. Well, yeah, there's a variety of films that we do. You know, sometimes we do like. 80s action film, um, you know, whatever, whatever it takes a fancy, really. And at the moment, we're on a bit of a, a 70s theme. So 1970s controversial movies. And you can go back through our, our history on the channel. We've, in the last... And James Bond. Well, we started off doing James Bond, yeah. Yep. And that kind of started the channel. And we've just gone on from there, really. So is there anything you particularly liked about this movie, Samir? <laughs> Uh, the costumes. Really? Yeah, I think they were quite risky, but they were good. I think the way they were done, the McDowell's costumes, the red one where he was wearing the red and gold and green and gold ones where you would go for battles and stuff like that, or parties, that was really good. And yes, uh, in those days, women did wear see-through uh, dresses as well. I think from what I remember from where well, I read somewhere about Roman history, they don't, people don't, I know we laugh about it and we say it was a porn, but they're talking about the moors of the time. They didn't have moors at the time. <laughs> well, no, they're pagans, weren't they? They just do what they want. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I mean, having them sort of parties and stuff like that was a normal thing. It was a normal Friday night at your friend's house if it was a senator or high up in government where you would have loads of food and you have all these women sort of around you and people would be swapping wives or whatever. Um, there was a one scene that I got a little bit concerned about where he was virtually naked and sort of petting his horse. And I thought, nah, please don't, don't, don't show a scene where he's going to do something with the horse because that would have just, all <laughs> uh, of just full, you know, been sick, but yeah. And his horse slept with him as well. That was very unusual. I mean, yeah, I'm not feeling well. Let my horse sleep with me. But yeah, I liked the costumes, the actual, the sheets, 
bed sheets, the curtains, and stuff like that. Though, like, <laughs> you like the bed sheets and the curtains in this film, right? yeah. Okay. We can yeah. still have the blue, you know, dark blue color. <laughs> I'm just trying to say something about this movie, which is nothing else besides porn, mate. I mean, yeah, that was an interesting bit as well. Yeah, it was like, like what, what, what did I imagine that? I mean, there's certain mm. things I can't even watch. Um, especially when he caught those two blokes uh, behind the uh, face, you know, the mask. <laughs> I thought, what? What? Am I imagining this? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's probably the most unique film I've ever seen. Yeah. Because yeah. it's kind of part serious, part trying to be some sort of historical drama. Yeah. And then it's part the guy that owns... The guy that yeah. owned Penthouse or whatever, yeah, the guy who owned Penthouse just spliced in his own his own porn movie fantasies. Yeah, it's like, you know, in, on that boat scene, as I said, you know, the small person's thrown over, and this really good-looking lady just rips his uh, knickers off. Well, his knickers, I mean, his boxer shorts off. It's not sucking him off. I'm thinking... Yeah. Right, okay. I mean, this is going to be a historic movie, but I really don't want someone actually getting someone a blade drop and really coming in the mouth or having or tossing them off or whatever they were doing. I mean, if I wanted to do that, I could go and watch mainstream porn. Why would I want to watch that in a historic movie? But then yeah, again... But this is the 70s, isn't it? Half yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I'm going to say, if anyone's like on our sort of stream at the moment listening to this... If you don't want to uh, sort of spend money on your porn channels or whatever, watch this movie, right? It's got plenty in there. Well, <laughs> yeah, but it's not... It's not... I know yeah. it's not meant to be a porn movie. Yeah, it's, not, it's not wank material, is it? It's, <laughs> too, kind of, it's too disturbing <laughs> yeah. to sit there and, and get off to. It's too... There's too yeah. many odd... It's kind of sinister, in a way. Yeah, it is. It is. Movie. It's, it, it makes your flesh creep. It's it just does. not right. It's no. like completely out of context. And I can't imagine anyone really getting, getting the horn about this. Because it's just kind of creepy. Yeah. I mean, especially, you know, the bit we I mentioned earlier where that guy gets his dick chopped off and uh, he, he then has a golden shower. I mean, yeah, that, that was just... Well, yeah, and they f feed it to the dogs as well, don't they? It's just yeah. What's his name? The the right hand man, the other guy who was shaved hair, Louis. What was his name? The guy. Oh yes, I know. I know you're referring to. Yeah, that is all. Was he sort of? Um, he was a treasurer, chancellor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was um, Legunus or something, Legunus or something. Yeah, Luis, Luis, Luis. But yeah, he was a strange character as well. Um, and he was plotting all the time. You could tell that he just didn't hate. He hated this guy. He just wanted to get rid of him. He said, "Look, it's costing the treasury too much. You don't do this to senators' wives. You don't invite them and pimp them out." Um, yeah. And, and, he's, and he's also taking a piss out of uh, the army, basically make them do a dance outside the boat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
and that was the last straw and them two were going what the hell is this guy doing i know yeah i can't understand he enjoys sex and uh, and he wants gore and blood and stuff like that but now he's taking these guys on the guys who basically you need to uh control rain you you sort of can you imagine humiliation you have that like 50 mm. breaks of shame your wife when you're sending her <laughs> Jeez, I mean, yeah, that's that, that's and that's what that was it. That's it. Bit of it, not enough. Yeah, it's a real shame that they just went for the pure shock value with this movie because Caligula, yeah. Gaius, is a fascinating character. If, if the yeah. history wrote about him is to be believed, there's a lot of grey area around what happened on the island of Capri because yeah. he was invited. He was he's. His mother and his father were living in exile. No, his mother was living in exile for a little while. Yeah. And um, he was then invited by Tiberius over to Capri, I think it is, which is kind of like a pleasure island. You yeah, modern. Island where, where Tiberius just kind of vacationed, took a holiday. And people and, do that now. <laughs> He's famous for that was, now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but it was total depravity over there. Yes. Yeah, which is what I think they tried to show in the grotto. And there was a period between, I think, I think, I think Caligula was invited over there when he was about 18, 19, and then became emperor at 24. So between the ages of 19 and 24, he was over there in the island of Capri with Tiberius, just being completely debauched, his brain just being completely mashed with all the depravity and stuff that was going on there. And yeah, of course, didn't he have STIs or STDs or whatever they're called? Uh, Tiberius sexual sure. transmitted disease. I read it somewhere. He had that. That's why you know that funny scars he had in his face. Sort of skin condition. That skin condition. Had. That was because of a sexual um, disease he had or infection. And he was mm. dying. And that's why he enjoyed watching sex. That's why there was so much sex in the background because he liked watching live sex shows. Because that was the only way he could actually enjoy himself because he couldn't have sex anymore because of the disease. Stuff like that, uh, and yeah, that's why they had that sort of uh Irish dancing in, in the background, as Peter O'Toole called it. Yeah, the Irish jig, Irish yeah. jig, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, Thomas is back with us again, which is hi, Thomas. I'm, I'm interested to hear this. Um, although I think he's got to tiptoe around our overzealous chatbot, unfortunately. Which I guess I need to dig into the settings and make that a little bit more lenient because uh, this is fascinating. I'm intrigued. Sorry um, about that, Thomas. Uh, it, you were blocked, okay? I think it's going to come in piecemeal, though. I think like maybe three word answers <laughs> as, to, as to how this happens. This could be the longest live stream ever, as we just uh, get f get four words up on the screen in response. Um, Thomas, uh, this is very interesting. So myself and Paul here want to actually produce a movie ourselves. How do we get rights? That's what we would like to know. <laughs> it's probably safest, yeah. Maybe we should just do a yes and no thing. We just yeah. ask a question with a yes or no answer. <laughs> so did he get a chance to go to the penthouse studios, Thomas? <laughs> yeah. Yes or no? So I wanted to show actually... Um, Tinto Brass, the director of this movie. Um, I'm just going to bring up a picture. This is his Wikipedia page. 
Oh, that's perv, you mean, as we call him. No, the original director. Oh, look at right? that. Look uh, at Cuban that cigar, yeah, yeah. I mean, how cool is that? That that's on your Wikipedia page. That's the first image. He's a gangster, that. isn't he? I mean, that's yeah. fucking cool, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Mate, I need to get one of those cigars. It looks cool. Yeah. Avant-garde cinema. So in the 60s and 1970s, Brass was considered a promising experiment of an avant-garde director. His debut film, Who Works, is Lost, got very favourable reviews after screening at the Venice Film Festival in 1963. See, imagine... Right, so 1963, okay? Yeah. You think that we've done the Bond movies, yeah? Yeah. And, and um, that started in 1962. Yes. So you think... 1979, who was Bond in 79? Was it Roger Moore at that point? Roger Moore, yeah. Yeah, it would have been, wouldn't it? So you've got that utter shit being put out in cinemas, right? After, a good, in the, after a good start in the 60s, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. But you've got Roger Moore crap being pumped out in mainstream cinema. Yeah. Right? Which is just so soppy, kind of crappy sexual innuendos and the ridiculous smug looks of Roger Moore. And then you've got Caligula coming out at the same time. <laughs> I mean, it's just worlds apart, isn't it? It's it's crazy. Yeah. But it just shows you how much the world had changed in that period as well. But at the time, uh, romantic movies were quite uh, mainstream. We've spoken about it. Even porn had become mainstream in America. Like Deep Freight was in cinemas where men, everyone, men and women, went to watch it. I don't know it's if like you've seen the documentary. No. I mean, it's like parallel dimensions. It's hard to put. Yeah. Um, it's hard to put a Roger Moore Bond movie and Caligula in the same. Yeah. Because they. Yep, he is gone. I did a full three hundred and sixty around my house. I'm not entirely sure. That's um, who's who, Vincent. Who's this, gone? This is uh, another another guy that's um, joined us in the chat. Um, they told the girls they were going to be in a Bond film. Hmm. Well, actually, if you think about it, Thomas Bond was going to be a womanizer. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I would believe that. But what? But how would he get around? By the way, Bond's going to be laying down naked. And you need to play with his little uh, tiki-toker. Or ding-dong. There's some strange stuff going on in the chat that's distracting me. Really is. <laughs> What's going on? That's some strange shit. I don't know. Please, please, please let me know. I need to know this I, now. I, no, I think. No, I don't. <laughs> Come on. Crazy stuff. Right. So. Oh, they figured out. Yeah, they would, wouldn't they, Thomas? I mean, yeah. So I've lost the thread of this line of questioning now. So. We were asking Thomas how you can become producers and get rights to this movie, but I think we got so... And you, Oh, no, you'd gone past that. You were talking about Roger Moore's Bond and this movie out at the same time mm. in their world apart. And you were saying, how can that be? That, that was the last thing you were saying till you got distracted by some dodgy comments in our <laughs> thread. Yeah. No, I'm just fascinated um, how... You get access to stuff like that, I, I guess. How do you get access to 90 hours worth of unseen footage and be able to put together a film? I don't know, just how, how does that work? I mean, surely the, 
somebody owns the copyright, somebody else owns the, the IP, I guess. I mean, well, a penthouse would own the a copyright, and I think Thomas basically uh, got the copyright or permission from Penthouse uh, to remake it without the porn scenes. Um, but I don't know how it would work without those scenes because most of the movies are bloody that's about sex anyway. I don't know how you can do it. Yeah. It's, and it's three hours long. Mm. It's supposed to be, isn't it? It's supposed to be an erotic drama. But um, yeah, see, you know where, yeah. uh, like, you know, uh, seeing the sea free dress hair and a little bit of tear or whatever, that's fine. Yeah, but this went like up there straight away. It was like what? Hmm. And someone says, uh, I don't know, it just worked for them. Okay. Ah, so you work for Penthouse? Ah, I see, Thomas. Follow up, uh, all that is gone. They filmed a lot more story, okay. Oh, okay. But Thomas, right. uh, has it made it more interesting? Has it made it in a sense like one historic scene and the next makes sense why that happened, or is it a case it's still not joint up properly? Yeah, because the, the uncut version that we've watched is very much a case of here's a scene of something, then there's a porn segment. <laughs> And then here's another little scene, and there's a porn segment. There's very little kind of flowing. So, again, uh, he's been distracted, guys. Uh, there's some sort of... Do you go and toss the script in 1980? I bet he tossed it. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, that makes sense, because it's yeah. what, filmed in 79 or something, wasn't it? 79, um, yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, he just obviously just threw it out and then just decided now I'm going to do what I want to do and um, get all the get all the all the female porn actresses in and right let's shoot let's shoot a porno. <laughs> yeah, most of them would be grandmothers now, wouldn't they? Yes. Yeah. Um, Vincent, to answer your question, um, it's I've got a very um, extreme chatbot setup that uh, I need to dig into the settings and make it a bit more lenient. It's far too harsh. So I didn't get banned. He just got put on a timeout for some reason. Hey, Vincent, um, did? No, Thomas. Thomas. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So it, what other strange comments have we got there? Well, that, that's it, really. So it's, it's just the Streamlab settings. That's all. I just I haven't. Con I've, I've just configured them so they're too strict. That's what it is. That's why. Yeah, we did uh, start up as a family channel, though. Uh, that's that, that was it. Uh, we were going to do a family sort of uh, movies in some cases, because one of our colleagues who is busy for the, has been busy for quite a bit of time chose cars. Cars. That's why we had to be. Oh strict yeah, on yeah. Cars. we have re we have re uh, reviewed Pixar movies. Yeah, we have done yeah. Cars once. Um, yeah. that was a tough one. A bit like this. Now, this is not tough. Um, this is just fun. It makes me laugh. That's all. <laughs> it's an odd movie. So, should we score it? Should we sort of think about wrapping this up? And let's, yeah, um, I think so. Yeah. Otherwise, we could be here all night talking to Thomas about his career. Well, yeah, and, and fortunately, my chatbot blocking him and everything he's trying to say, which is frustrating. Um, yeah. So, what I would say, actually, um, we'll get to that in a minute. So, let's talk about um, scores. What do you think? I don't know what what's, I don't know what to give it. Okay, I'm going to give it a seven. Why as well? Seven. Wow. <laughs> There's okay. a reason for it, but I'm not going to say why. 
Right. Okay. Look, I think it was, it was it was artistic. That's no. On a serious note, no, it's going to be below seven. It's going to be a uh, five because the movie was quite uh, broken up everywhere. If it was just Let's say if someone said to me, judge it as a porn movie, then I'll say, yeah, it'll probably be uh, seven for the way it was done, uh, artistic way. But I'll give it a three because it was dark and cruel in that sense as well. So it has to be a five overall because it just, yeah, there was too much of that mm. adult theme and it didn't really cover the historic side of things, which I wanted it to. I was trying to get into the movie. I think, okay, they're going to show you something, what else he's achieved. And then there was a bondage scene straight away after that, in two seconds. And you're thinking, what? And then it'll go back to the historic story, like, for five minutes. And then there's another scene like that, and you think, a group sex scene or gangbang or whatever it is. You think, what? what? But can't we just get on with this historic story to see what this guy did? Rather than his sex parties. Yes, I know he had sex parties because it's written in every bloody Roman book um, or historic book where they said they had them. Uh, yeah, and it's it's human nature. Yeah, everyone has sex. I'm not fucking bothered about it. I just want to see what happened historically. Okay. So you're hoping Sorry. for more of a documentary style sort of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Not a uh, penthouse uh, special. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I gave it a four out of ten because oh. pretty much the same reasons as you, really. There's no flow to this cut, this particular edit of the film. And it is a very troubled past, this movie. It's so odd. It really yeah. is odd. Just look at the Wikipedia. For anyone's interested, take a little scroll through the Wikipedia page and you'll see that the Tinto Brass, the original director, once he'd learned about the, the version, the edit, that was available just said i don't want anything to do with this anymore you know i i wanted it to be you know a bit of eroticism here and there but i wanted it to be more of a historical drama and so he said i don't want to be involved anymore the producer just basically just went his own direction i guess if you're putting the money in and you own it i guess you do what you like can't you which is That's, exactly what he did yeah i would love yeah. to talk to helen mirren about this how she felt about it well, I don't think many of the actors at the time, anyway, many of the actors actually knew what was going on. They felt they obviously did Tinto Brass's version and thought, yeah. okay, not a bad movie. I've been paid. It's all right. But then when they was learned about what had happened with the producer splicing in all the pornography, they were all a bit like, oh, right, okay. I read that Malcolm McDowell wasn't really massively upset about it. He'd done his bit, he got paid, and he was just like, oh, that's a bit disappointing. And he thinks it's the worst film he's ever made. He's not at all proud of it in any sense. He's just like disappointed, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I would score four and five. Yeah. I mean, that, that that is just perfect scoring for it because he is right. It's pretty awful. I mean, in every sense. I mean, even the music, the classical uh, tune up, they used to play there when I used to walk into assembly. Like in a line, all the queue. And uh, yeah, that song, it was a classical, it's some sort of, I don't know, I don't know who wrote it or Beethoven or whatever it may be. It's meant to be a romantic uh, or a lovely spring feeding or whatever. But now I'll listen to it and all I'll think about is this movie and it's all the sex scenes and it'll, and it'll give me flashbacks going, oh shit, no. Oh. 
Can't take this. <laughs> <Cheers, mate. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Same way I introduced you to the joys of Time Bandits yeah. all those months ago, and you loved that film. Now I've introduced you to the joys of Caligula and ruined one of your childhood memories. Brilliant. Cheers, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's what friends are for. It's what we do. Yeah. See, Thomas, this is what I have to part with. My All my childhood yeah. memories are ruined now. <laughs> I'm, um, yeah, it is, um, it is disappointing. This film could have been so much more, but I, I think the reason why I gave it four was because of Malcolm McDowell's performance. I thought he was excellent in this film. He oh, really did. He, he looked committed. Yeah. You know? He looked like he'd, he'd done his homework. Yeah. He wanted to portray the part. And he did well, I felt. He did very well. See, the, the three actors, uh, I'll say three actors or four actors, I might include Helen, Helen Mirren in it, but not. I'm not 100% sure. But him... Um, um, Malcolm, Pete O'Toole, and Good Good Girl—they were actually there to do a serious production. You could tell they were ready yeah. for it. And then suddenly, I think that's why I—I I, I wouldn't be surprised if Good Good Girl had had, had a um, bigger part than he realised it's going to be porn. And he goes, "Okay, I want a scene where I just cut my wrist early uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and just yeah. leave the set." I'll um, take half the fee. It's fine. Just give me half the fee, and I'll as long as I can just leave. Yeah, yeah. and I, I wouldn't be surprised even O'Toole had probably a bigger part in it, and he thought, "Nah, get rid of me. Get my." Uh, although, well, at that point, I've read in that same Guardian article that Peter O'Toole was just permanently pissed throughout it. He was just on the he was on the booze constantly throughout it. So yeah. he was, was so drunk reason. that he just didn't really particularly know what he was doing. He was just like, "Yeah, whatever." You know, but I think yeah. he needed to be well. I, I don't know a quick story about him. He was a hellraiser. Him, uh, Richard Burton, and um, uh, Paul Harris. Was it Paul Harris uh, from um, Richard Harris from Gladiator? Three of them would go to pubs and drink a few bottles of whiskey each and smoke fifty plus cigarettes. They were famous for that, especially him and uh, Richard Harris because both of them are Irish. Uh, he has Irish heritage. O'Toole. Born in Leeds, and Richard Harris is actually born in Dublin, I think, or something. So both of them were pretty bad when it came to drinking. So, but wouldn't you start drinking if you're in that movie? <laughs> that sort of thing. I mean, yeah. you and I would probably start drinking two or three bottles a day of whiskey and go, yeah, yeah, whatever. I've got some quotes here from Helen Mirren. Yeah. Um. Where is it? Yeah, so... Oh, no, so this is Malcolm McDowell. So Malcolm McDowell says, the stars were unhappy at the time with Giacconi's tinkering. He shot this hardcore footage two years after the film had been completed and spliced it in. It was absurd. There would be a shot of me smiling, looking at what was supposed to be my horse or something, then suddenly they cut to two lesbians making out. It was awful. We were all appalled by the final product. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now you I mean, tell I us Malcolm <laughs> I mean I love the film because of that it's just fucking crazy stuff because if you're a mainstream actor and they did that sort of porn thing right, you wouldn't be able to do it I'm sure you would just say hold on I'm, I'm leaving the set it's not me although American TV series is about five about five years ago, ten years. Oh, wow, it was ten plus years ago. 
started bringing porn actors into uh, actual mainstream TV series in America. So, like, there was a program on Trudge where they had a porn actress in it. Who actually was a porn actress, but she was in a main TV show, a girlfriend of a Hollywood star, and stuff like that. And they were doing that. Now it's gone the other way. They wouldn't even bring anyone like that in. No, no, no. It's woke. You can't do that and stuff like that. But can't, that's why I'm quite shocked when I saw that even in those days, I don't think mainstream actors were ready to have a crossover and vice versa. And that's what the guy did basically behind their back. He screwed them over saying, look, these guys are perverts. They, they started with these penthouse pets. Well, I, think they were called- I, I, don't think, I don't think that was the intention. I could be wrong, but I don't think... No, he just had different ideas in his head. Pervert ideas, you mean? Uh, like oh, just when, you're fi- yeah. when you're 15 I mean, or 16 like, years old. Yeah, but, if you, but if you own Penthouse or Playboy or Hustler, whatever it may be, right, yeah. then your mind is on that track. It's going to be very difficult for you to think of anything else other, even if from a business context. It's going to be thinking, well, yeah. this is my business, therefore... I'm going to do this because I know that I've made X amount of money in the past by dirty mags and fucking all the other stuff, right? So surely it's going to work in film format as well. Therefore, I know best. So you do your little artistic avant-garde type little tinkering stuff. You do your little play, if you like. Then after that, I'm taking my shit back and I'm going to edit in all this filth. And I'm right. I don't think you cared about the actors. It wasn't that. No. Isn't it a fact that the industry earns more than mainstream Hollywood anyway? Probably. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about how much the pornography industry. I'm a, I'm amazed it makes any money anymore. I don't know how, if it does or does, but I know there was a time when it was bigger than Hollywood. I watched the documentary. Internet just complete, the internet in some in a lot of cases has pretty much destroyed the porn yeah. industry. I mean, obviously there's still money in it somewhere, but yeah. <laughs> you know what's made me destroyed it. Now, what's oh, made me oh. laugh? This review's gone from about movie to the porn industry. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, why not? <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> I think we should do deep throat then, as we're talking about porn. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that film. I've only no, heard never. A I've only heard. tales about it. I've never, never seen it. I, I only same here. I've never watched it, but just the name is so famous. Uh, as I said, on a serious note, coming back to this movie, like you're talking about, that decade was a controversial. As I said, that was uh, mainstream uh, Hollywood cinema, basically. Men and women were going to watch it and lining up in uh, New York, even in London, to watch that. And it started in 1971, straight up to 79, obviously, with this movie. I was just looking at Deep Throat in a Wikipedia article. Deep Throat, 1972, American pornographic film. It was at the forefront of the golden age of porn, 1969 to 1984. Hmm, okay. It was one of the first pornographic films to feature a plot, character development, and relatively high production values. Deep Throat earned mainstream attention and launched the porno chic trend even though the film was banned in some jurisdictions and was the subject of sanity trials. Lovelace later wrote that she was coerced and sexually assaulted during the production, and the film is genuine rape pornography. Fucking hell. Jeez, right. I didn't know okay. that. Okay, <clears throat> we won't no. be doing that then. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> disavow, disavow. disavow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be watching it after this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Come on, let's wrap this up. Yeah, this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. So um, we'll, we'll sort of something out for next week, but yeah. Yeah, well, let's leave it there. Um, yeah, I will say, um, Thomas, if you are still watching, you know, see some comments in the chat there. Um, reach out on Twitter or Facebook or something like that. I'd be intrigued to to understand that more. And I, I apologise for the stringent chat bot. That's um, I need to look at those settings. Desperately need to look at those settings and tweak that. Um, but yeah, thanks for joining us, people that have been watching and listening. Um, it's been a bit of a different format this week this this movie is just so bizarre that it's very hard to stay on topic and actually talk about it and critique it in a way yeah. that is actually meaningful in any sense i mean it's just so bizarre it's but it is it's not a good film it really is no, a good it, film, it, but it. everyone needs to see it everyone needs to see it because it it's just one man's vision of the world of just <laughs> yeah it's, it's just fucking bizarre. I, if oh. we carry on. Ah, Thomas, video is on my YouTube page. Well, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, let us know your YouTube handle and uh, I'll take a look. I appreciate that. So, yeah, thanks for joining us and um, we'll leave it there. Um, you can find us on rumble.com, odyssey.com. You can watch this on Spotify. You can listen on podcasts. Uh, we're everywhere. So, if you don't have time to watch all the time, then you can listen at a later date. Video on demand. We're there. We're everywhere. So, nothing left for me to say, really. But uh, thanks for watching. And we'll leave it there. So, good night from me. And good night from me.